0: welcome to the safety doc podcast with your charismatic host and prominent safety expert dr david Perodin. be entertained and informed as the safety doc discusses both best and bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response the truth will keep you safe follow dr Perodin on twitter at SafetyPhd. hi everybody this is david and welcome to the safety doc podcast last week I talked about the Joseph Jakubowski manhunt in southern Wisconsin. Thankfully, that manhunt resolved yesterday when Mr. Jacobowski turned himself in to authorities after his campsite was surrounded. So... What I'm going to do is, is reflect upon uh, the last week, um, that whole process really of, of what turned out, you know, kind of to be a 10-day manhunt. Um, and I'm going to break down some of the things that we know about that manhunt. This was an extremely popular uh, Safety Doc podcast. Uh, many, many, you know, views on, on, you know, YouTube, many downloads, very popular Actually, put a poll out there. Uh, did you know my my Twitter followers want another episode dedicated to learning more about this manhunt, which was, I mean, very exceptional for uh, the Midwest and for Wisconsin that this went on for as long as it did. You know, with with the stakes as high as they were, or you know, to do something else. And and, and there was a very strong response on. You know, please do one more show. Um, kind of looking at what had transpired through the manhunt and then um, just your analysis of, of the steps of the manhunt, uh, societal reaction to the manhunt and kind of where we're at right now, so I, I'm, I'm gonna do that. And one of the sites that I'm going to use um, is called, uh, or it's www.heavy.com and they came out um, you know, throughout this with, with different facts as they would become apparent throughout this, this manhunt. What was very surprising to me, uh, initially uh, and very much um, ongoing, very strange release of information for the manhunt and it eventually a copy of his manifesto uh, was publicly made available through a media outlet yet um you know it was handwritten and he was captured with a copy of his manifesto now whether he went to a copy machine I don't know um but it's very Strange that, um, you know, this mailed manifesto, which would have been evidence and it was, you know, against threats against the government. So, um, you know, that that wouldn't have worked its way out into the public during an investigation yet. There must have been other copies that were submitted. And who did that? Was it him? Because when he mailed his manifesto, they, he had a friend uh, videotape him and that was public. And he goes to the post office to buy postage for this this envelope, you know, that he mails to Donald Trump. So I'm thinking, you know, well, <laughs> you, you had to buy postage for this. Did you buy postage for your future ones that you, you sent in, or did you have somebody else send those in? And, and he had a letter to WTMJ Milwaukee. Uh, very So just a lot of pieces that don't kind of add up. Um, in this yet and I'm going to talk about why maybe they don't add up because it was very intentful on what information was released to the public and what wasn't with the the assumption that um, that Jakubowski would also be um, reading you know the, the media uh, so trying to, to definitely the profilers I think were giving out information the FBI profilers that I I kind of questioned um, in my responses to some blog posts and some different threads of that I didn't I didn't feel that what they were sharing was going to be accurate to what actually would be um, learned as as we went on but. So before we get into this, it's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating discussion, I think, because, again, um, in my lifetime, I mean, I have not um, remembered a manhunt like this outside of a time when I lived up near um, central Wisconsin and Rib Mountain, which is now Granite Peak, and it's kind of the largest ski hill, you know, up in that central Wisconsin area, um, there was a man. Which was dubbed, he was dubbed Rambo, and and had made his his way um, living on the mountain, you know, for I don't know if it was a number of days or, or weeks before captured. And I don't remember much about that. That was like thirty years ago, um, but that was also you know before the time of of really you know mass attacks on um, society, schools, you know, uh, theaters. Other other places. So um, back then, I, I remember it growing up that it was probably more of a novelty than than anything else that this man was was eluding. Um, but you know, he wasn't he wasn't going after people. But with the Joseph Jakubowski manhunt, certainly with the manifesto that he left, there was a very um, very evident risk of of this person turning. You know, mass, mass harm, you know, trying to kill as many people as he could before he himself was, was, was killed. So very, very scary type of stuff to, to talk about and to think about. So, um, before we go any further, let me thank the 405 media and John Grant out of the 405 media for, um, being a, Partner with the Safety Doc Podcast. You can listen 1 p.m. daily, Monday through Saturday, on the405media.com. And also, you can find previous episodes on the 405 Media. What's special about the 405 Media and my show is I have blog posts that I only include on the 405 media. And I don't include those in my other media outlets. So if you want to learn more about something I'm talking about, you can go in and and read much more in a blog post. And I'll typically also link out to some of the sites and, and other resources that I talk about in the blog. I'll do that within the post. I do that at the 405 media. also thank you to um, Sprigio, S-P-R-I-G-E-O, sprigio.com. Out of Santa Barbara, California, Sprigio, the nation's leader in online bullying, harassment, and school safety reporting. Um, again, Sprigio.com. I've read a number of articles uh, lately. I, I get a feed every afternoon from Google. You can go in and set Google Alerts, and I set a feed that has certain keywords. and um, focused really around kind of like school safety And I've noticed a trend lately in a lot of success with online reporting um, to preempt a school um, attack. And I I, I know that uh, firsthand with with Spragio, that has happened, you know, that their company, because of the product that they provide, the information then has reached uh, authorities and adults where something can be done before an attack happens, which of course is the the goal. but it, it, I think uh, I think that's very positive. We're, we're seeing, I would say we're seeing a, it, that type of action destigmatized. Remember the old snitches end up in ditches and snitches have stitches and things like that where um, the code of silence, um, And again, I, I, I do think, you know, part of the code of silence, was we didn't have a great medium and, unless it was telling an adult to get information brought forward. And now we also, we have these new mediums and especially the online reporting which Sprigio has a wonderful user interface. So sprigio.com. Also thank you to ISS 247 ISS 24-7 providing um, incident management and um, kind of large scale um, security. To NFL stadiums, uh, NCAA arenas, shopping malls, and, and other, uh, again, large, large uh, population dense um, settings. ISS 24-7, which has a wonderful app-based system, very visual, very quick, timestamps, everything very efficient. Um, and looking at, at ISS 24-7, uh, while a capacity of it is certainly, you know, uh, protection um, in the event that, that there would be some, some instant of violence, it, it, it's also there in case someone is having a heart attack or something um, medical where uh, help can be brought to that person. You know, their location can be quickly identified, the resources around them can be notified, and, and just a much faster um, response to people in need. So ISS 24 7. The Safety Doc podcast uh, comes out every week, uh, typically on um, Sunday. And you can listen to the podcast on the405media.com. Also, it is available on, on iTunes. So you can go into iTunes. And just type in the Safety Doc podcast or my name David Broden and it will come up, and you'll see my my face, and then um, all of the all of the shows are there. And SoundCloud is another option; you can go in and download the MP3, all for free. And uh, I have just recently um, put the show on the Potosphere, the Podosphere, so you can go in there and also access the show. And again, there is a blog. That um, usually is linked out through the 405 media, or I do have within the narrative in in the um, YouTube or iTunes or whatever it is a little description, which I think is like 4,000 characters. It does link out to to my blog, um, so. But yeah, so there, there's a number of ways that you can get your your fix of the Safety Doc uh, show, and. I cover a range. Just, just as, as right now we're we're talking more. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm doing more discussions. I'm not doing interviews as as much. Those will start up again. I have a number of people that I will be interviewing um, in upcoming shows. But right now, um, a few weeks ago, I talked about. Um, let's see. It was man's search for meaning and Viktor Frankl, who was an Auschwitz survivor, also a doctor. And talked about uh, the soma, the body, the psyche, the mind, and the noetic core, which would be the spirit. So uh, interesting, because as we look at Joseph Chakavowski, and we we look at this manhunt, we see somebody who who you know really struggles with purpose and agency, and also um, then doesn't have the, this connection to to this this noetic core or this. Being able to transcend into this, the spirit being very reactionary, um, so uh, again, very, very fascinating uh, to live through this this manhunt. So let, let's get into it. Let, let let's talk about um, what we give a background here on the Joseph Jacobowski, um manhunt, which did uh, conclude on um, Friday. April Fourteenth, uh, when police apprehended him at a campsite, a lone campsite. He was on a farmer's or property. I, I think it was a, a farmer, but but it was in a remote area. It was on on property, and, and that's really they had, they had found him. So, um, so some things that we we you know we need to know is to to set the the backdrop for for this discussion. So he did send a. Um, 161 page anti-government and also also anti-religious manifesto to Donald Trump. Now, Joseph Jakubowski had uh, like 31, 32 run-ins with the law which um, produced uh, Wisconsin Circuit Court entries. So you can go into Wisconsin Circuit Court as a civilian. I I went in and you can type his name and and you can see uh, these, these different court records. So, uh, you know, definitely someone that had many run-ins with the law, and I believe his own father said, um, you know, I wouldn't want to be wearing a badge until this, uh, my son, you know, is, is taken into custody or that, that this is somehow resolved. Um, so did not have this respect for for authority. I mean, also had spent some prison time for, I believe, trying to take an officer's weapon at, at one point a few years ago. So he, did, he writes this 161-page manifesto, which turns out... Now, I haven't read the whole manifesto. parts. Now, actually, the manifesto... So he, he had a video. He mails this thing. A friend of him is his, you know, and all the time, uh, Jakubowski is spouting things like, you know, there's going to be a revolution and remember this day and, and things like that. So um, very much seeking through that video affirmation, which is typical of people that write manifestos, is they're seeking affirmation. Now, he went public with his manifesto, but um, what it did is, you know, it's affirming and suddenly you become very important uh, when you you know, allegedly break in and steal at a gun store and steal a number of, of weapons and then burn your own vehicle and, and send in this manifesto threatening government and secular or, or um, parochial um, sites and and basically, um, you know, have very dark language within this that that you're alluding to, you know, your own death is going to, to be at the hands of the president or, or kind of alluding that, you know, you're, the only way this will end is is with you know your death, <clears throat> be a shootout or, or or something like that. But um, and so yeah, so he had he he had at least sixteen weapons that he had he had taken from this this Armageddon gun shop. So and, and very strategic. I mean they were high powered um, weapons and handguns and he has some, some rifles and I think he an automatic weapon but so he knew what he was doing. Um, and and the real kind of twist with, with this this case with Joseph Jakubowski, is he also had a letter that he sent in to WTMJ Milwaukee. Parts of that letter were released. And this is what gets fuzzy because you never know during this and this is this is something to be very aware of. Um, you know, if they bring on somebody on TV and and it's a former FBI profiler and they're saying, well, I think he's, you know, he's heading East and he's going to show up in Washington, DC. Well, the profiler, I, and I'm thinking, I don't think so. I mean, he grew up in the Janesville, Wisconsin area. He's probably staying close to his his base, um, in that area and whatever he's got planned as time went on, I, I became more curious of what his plan was, but, um, but I'm thinking, you know, whatever is being released is strategically being released because um, either he's having some access to what's happening in the outside world, and if he's thinking, well, they think, you know, I'm going going east, it might lower his guard just a little bit, um, and or anyone that might be in contact in supporting him, which there isn't any indication right now if that was happening or not. But, again, um it's one of those things where, uh, you know, people, FBI or whatever, come on and and, and say these things. And, and part of it you have to realize, and part of why strategic elements of a manifesto might be released and might not, is that the consumption of that is also by the person that they're chasing, the manhunt. They might be trying to steer him. So as I was looking at what was released, um, I didn't agree in premise with with the statements that were being made, and had that second thought of, is this being released again? Because um, you know the the assumption would be that Jakubowski would be somehow connecting into the larger media of what's happening, um, and then using that to inform his movements. So, this guy had incredible handwriting. I mean very very uh, uh, you know I would say eloquent eloquent visual style of, of handwriting now spelling errors and you know kind of run- on sentences and some dashes and things like that so but um, you know I, I it, it wasn't someone who was very nervous when they were writing this it wasn't you know the the jittery type text and um, but yet yeah, you know you, it was, it was odd, too, because the the register or the ver, level of vernacular he used in the letters, like to, to WTMJ, T, TMJ, or at least the one letter. I, I don't know how many of these things really exist and, and all of that. That will be coming out. But um, that seemed to be written in a more articulate manner than the manifesto, which was more of an inventory of, here's the way I've been wronged, here's the way I think society's been wronged. And it had a little bit of this... Um, you know, the, when, when Bane took on um, Batman and, and Bane, you know, was, was you know, presenting to the people as, I am working for you, I am working for the citizens, I am working for, um, you know, for, for your release from government tyranny. And, you know, his approach had a little bit of that feel that he was trying to say, you know, I'm, I'm working for the people who are being oppressed by the government. We're all being oppressed. It's the government doing this to us. So I'm, I'm standing up. You know, I'm helping you, the people, um, which is an interesting position to, to take because it becomes very self-validating when you feel, you know, that you are standing up then and, and representing and liberating, you know, th- this, this, this group of people. Um so uh yeah, it was WT uh, TMJ in Milwaukee posted the full manifesto and it is available online. Which again, I'm not sure how they got a hold of that, if that because during an ongoing investigation he had mailed this manifesto, you know, he showed the picture of him, you know, putting it in the mailbox. So, you know, that now is government property. This is an investigation. It's not like you, you get to see the evidence during the, any investigation. So I'm wondering if there wasn't a second copy or if for some reason the police didn't make that available or, or, or made that available. But I don't think they did. I don't think that was ever um, indicated by the police that they had made their copy of the manifesto public. And in all of the press conference I had seen, the police were saying, you know, we'll share updates and things, you know, that we can. But the other stuff is for the investigation. So. I do think there was an extra copy of this that somehow came out, um, and and I think Jacob House, uh, J- Joseph uh, Jakubowski had a number of documents kind of ready to go. That's that's my thought is he had a number of documents ready to go. Now whether those were mailed by him or other people or I I don't know I don't know but um, and selectively working with WTMJ out of Milwaukee versus work, working with someone out of out of Madison, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, why why that why that happened, um, but um, so he he made a reference, uh, and this is a this is a quote um, in the manifest in the manifesto, um, so that uh, he would be dying by the hand of Trump, and expressed the desire to save everyone by taking out one politician at a time, so. Um, there were a number of schools uh, churches that went on lockdown the the governor of Wisconsin cancelled the traditional um, capital Easter egg hunt but then did uh, get that back on the schedule once uh, the manhunt concluded on the 14th so um, let's let's, uh, get an update here so it was um all right okay it was it was later that they released um here it was on, on uh, april 10th uh, they they released tattoos um that um, Jack had. So again, some of this didn't come out right away, and I, and I don't know why. There wasn't a really full profile of him right away. Um, I would have expected that, and again, I have to assume that that had something to do with, with the way the investigative process worked. But yeah, the the tattoos didn't come out until well into the, the investigation, and that he had a sale. So he had this big sale at his house, and a, and a neighbor talked about how he bought a two hundred dollar lawnmower that Jack Kowalski had bought for seventy eight dollars from him. I mean, he just wanted to sell things. So um, you know that that was that was really <laughs> so that didn't come out again until later. Just just really strange. He was on Facebook. I didn't make. Um, didn't make a lot of posts on Facebook but did end up having um, one and I think he had like 21 friends and, and somewhere work were, were kind of into anti-government organizations and he posted um, one of, of like a, a winged Avenger was one of his last posts but um, wasn't really big into social social media so um, Looking at that, again, the letter he mailed or or the manifesto he mailed was to Donald Trump, not to President Donald Trump, indicating that he did not have a high, um, if any, level of respect for authority. Again, he had 31 run-ins with the law. Even how this concluded, and we'll talk about that, shows a a real dissonance from um, any hierarchy of understanding authority and and respecting it and relating to it. And I don't know if he he became so brazen at the at the very end um, or or if it was just ignorance i, I, I it's just hard to figure out so um, yeah, so. More than a hundred law enforcement officers were searching for him. I think that number increased toward uh, 200, included like ATF, he had broken in, you know, he had stolen firearms, he had made a threat against the president, so, you know, secret services involved, Um, FBI, uh, the sheriff's department, local police. So you have all these agencies working together. And one of the things from my experience is working in safety and, uh, interagency collaboration is once you bring together a lot of agencies that have not collaborated together before in a dynamic situation, um, it's hard to identify who um, where your chain of command goes through because is it the Secret Service is the head of this or was it the FBI and then what role does the Sheriff's Department play? So uh, when you do make releases of information, it does have to be through one um Kind of one spokesperson, so I think there needs to be a lot of, of vetting, a lot of small group, um, you know, representation coming forward of saying this is what we're going to share, and and this is what's going to come out. Um, so I think that also had a delay um, in, in this in this whole process. So, but yeah, he tor- he torched his vehicle, which was a big indicator that something um, definitely. Negative was going to to come out of this because it was another step of it wasn't someone who was just angry, and he had got his word out. Now he's he's taking a possession, a significant possession, and destroying it. Kind of that that I'm not going back um, approach. So, um, but yeah, I, I indicated he had a lengthy history with um, uh, a criminal history, and he actually had tried to disarm a police officer at one time and spent some. Uh, Some uh, a prison sentence for that, and again, it was an odd type of feeling in the area. Uh, Church closed because they thought they had seen a person that looked like Jack uh, Jackabowski. So we had this kind of mixed hysteria that came about um, from from the public. um, You know, where some people were not leaving their homes at all because they didn't know where he might be, um, and other people, you know, just went upon their their daily lives. Um, and and the manhunt, you know, the fact that he was out there, uh, didn't concern them. And um, it's it's I was thinking, you know, if you live if you live in a country where you're very conditioned, you know, like a Syria or something like that, where every day something bad, you know, could happen to you. You still have to go on, and and it was it was this weird thing of because of of I think so much has happened with um, you know shootings and 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 violence in the country over the last you know five to ten years that um, you know the. You, you you kind of have this dichotomy of, of people of, of when something like this happens, this manhunt that, that become very secure and other people who are like, well, you know, the police are out looking for him, the buses are running, cars are still going up and down the roads. I'm going to go out and do my shopping and whatever. And, you know, the fact is, you know, any, anything could happen at any time. So it was it, it was this very odd thing, but you also then had schools in lockdown and in churches you know shutting down and, and, and things like that. Um, let's talk about the capture. So it was the 14th of April. Um, authorities received a report of a suspicious person on a farmer's property uh, that, and from a retired school counselor. So imagine this is the, the person that, that encounters. Um, uh, Joseph Jakubowski and, and, and talks with him who spent uh, quote unquote a cordial hour with uh, Jakubowski. so this farmer finds him camping on his his property kind of on a remote area campers out or the farmers out um, you know uh, four-wheeling um, and uh, you know comes across these well, you know you, you can't camp here this is private property and yet uh is like well you know, I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm staying here. So why would you do that? If you know, it's a manhunt. Um, and why? You know, why would you not just get up and 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 move and and go along with it and say, oh, I was just out and I, I, I thought this was whatever. And and yeah, yeah, that's that's not a problem at all. Um, and you know, because, again, by refusing to move, he. I would say, had to anticipate that the, this this farmer, you know, was probably going to contact law enforcement and say, there's, there's somebody camping on my property and trespassing. Um, so, again, a, a very, kind of very weird way of this wrapped up. And then the, the farmer made the call to authorities saying, you know, there's somebody here and they're not leaving. And, and by the way, they, they seem, you know, to, to fit this description also of this, this fugitive. So as much as law enforcement was... Tracking Joseph Jakubowski, they didn't know where he was. Um, they didn't track him down. It was through this farmer who just you know happened to be out checking a remote part of his property, and finding some guy you know camping there, and, and just saying you know you can't camp here, and the guy then refuses to leave. Well, so again, it, it we have all of these police you know organizations all you know doing. It, I, I've talked previously on podcasts about the NSA, the Patriot Act, and, and using all different you know means to to triangulate and, and to hone in on where he might be. But I don't believe there there was a, a very clear um, you know like quadrant of like here's where we think he is. Like he was he could have been anywhere, and it was just that this farmer had stumbled upon him, and it was the fact that. Um, Jacobowski's own actions really resulted in him being captured, the, and he then did, you know, surrender to um, police, and didn't fire any any shots. Also, had a sword on him. I'm not sure what that plan was, um, unless he was, you know, had recently seen The Last Samurai with with uh, Tom Cruise. But, um, but yeah, I, I I don't understand that. So. I believe you know he was he this went on much longer than he had planned out in his head so you know he he burglarizes the gun store takes the guns burns his own vehicle and then you know has soft targets available to him government targets you know government buildings um, um you know immediately after that and then doesn't do anything and now those targets, you know, then become hardened. Um, and he goes into, I don't know if it would be hiding or if he was, was posturing or, or what he was was doing, but um, but he takes off. So I think it's someone who, in his time went on, his plan had to, to start to unravel because I do not believe he anticipated that this was going to be weeks in the, the making. Um, and also it didn't seem like he had he had planned accordingly um, for that. So um, very, very strange, very strange behavior that really, I would say he wanted to be caught. Um, and, and that's why, um, you know, he had his response like he did to the farmer. He had, it didn't end in a, in a shootout with police. Um, he he had been affirmed um, in what his statements, his positions were. You know, as far as those had had gotten out there. Um, again, not the people that people had agreed with them, but that though he had been he had been heard, and that's what he wanted to do. Is he wanted to be heard, and he wanted to be um, in the spotlight, wanted to be important, which is very much um, an indicator of someone who writes a manifesto. Now, that can happen uh, behind the scenes, like when Ted Kaczynski had written his various manifestos um, and had also demanded that some of those be um, published or else he would carry out additional attacks. Um, you know, he, was, he, he would receive affirmation from that, you know, but that was subtly. It wasn't overt in public that, you know, people knew who he was and, and, and all of those things were. Um, I think Jack Kapowski was, was really seeking to have his, his name out there. Um, and I I wonder what would have happened had he put together a manifesto and or a letter, series of letters sent in the WTMJ with the statement, You need to publish these, um, or else I will carry out this attack. Uh, you know, and it, whatever, it's I, uh, non-specified, but um, would they publish them? Because with Unabomber, um, you know, that was the, the whole debate on do we publish these things or, or not? And Eventually, you know, the Unabomber's um, letters were, uh, manifestos were, were publicly published because the, the thought was um, this would affirm him and this would keep him from continuing attacks. And again, if, if Jacobowski would have done that, I wonder what would have happened. Maybe nothing, um, but it's hard, it's hard to say. He could have really started to exert some control over the media um, had he started to give some ultimatums like that, especially if those would have been paired with some acts of, of violence. So very thankful that didn't play out, but that could have certainly happened. So, um, it was actually, so yeah, he was apprehended on the 14th. It was actually the 13th um, at, in the evening when the police uh, did start to arrive and, and start to confirm that it was him. But then they, they waited until they had a very strong law enforcement presence before they took him into custody um, the, the next day. So... Um, So again, he was found about two hours away. It was a rural area. It was in Wisconsin. FBI profilers were saying he's on his way to Washington D.C. Um, he, you know, he's probably working with a network and and all of all of those types of things. And, and I had countered a number of those in in posts that I had made. But at the same time, you know, just had also not gotten too um, too intense in, in my countering of those as much as countering and saying, um, this information might not be what the FBI is, is believing this information might be very strategically released out into the public. Again, with a thought that Jakubowski would say, ah, they're, they're going to, to move this search, you know, East and, and that's where they think I'm going. So again, yeah, pull back the guard a little bit. So, um, he was he was located, uh, yeah, under under a tarp. Uh, he had his weapons. Um, he had the sword. He had his manifesto. Um, and I, again, I don't know if he hand wrote that. If he had copied it. If he copied it, um, he either had to have a really good printer or a lot of dimes, so um, to go and copy it like a library or something like that. I'm just saying I remember in college before you had printers and the, the, the scanner capability on a printer that you had to go to the library so a coveted thing was dimes like you would have your sack of dimes so you could make copies of things i think i had a friend once who made a copy of an entire textbook uh, so he didn't have to buy it from the library so by the time he got done you know with how many ever hundreds of dollars of dimes it probably cost him in hours Plus the fact that you know some of the pages don't fully get copied, and if you don't press it down, and it, it sometimes shows up as black and around the edges and things like that. So, and yeah, that was that was his strategy for that one class. Um, but uh, I, I, I thought it was was interesting that the manifesto was with Jakubowski at the time. Um, just just for the fact again, it did, did appear to be handwritten of how he made the copies on that. So. Um, I'm just going to kind of come down to the, the end here. So, yeah, he had posted um, pictures of on social media of winged warriors. You can find those those out there. So um, there's one on March 26th, 2.26 a.m. So I think that's a little telling, too, of 2.26 a.m., um, the time that he is on Facebook. Again, he only had 21 friends um, on Facebook and didn't, didn't seem to use social media a lot so um, let's get into some of my my thoughts um, so I was was surprised um, By the the wide range of public um, response to the manhunt, as far as I'm going to just continue with my everyday um, life, you know I'm I'm going to be out and about to people who literally would not leave their house and would you know would not go shopping until this was was resolved, and also the first day of the um, of the manhunt, people. You know, when you, you you did have, and you typically have this this this, this heightened um, vigilance. People very aware of their environment. And then as the manhunt goes on, and and nothing has happened as far as he hasn't made an attack. Um, you know, your guard starts to go down, and, and you're doing more things. Um, like, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I was out. I did a forty mile bike trek um, in the middle of the week. I I didn't think once about him and you know i was into some rural areas and and you don't know where he's going to be i wasn't close to him i mean i was i was again within two hours of him um of of janesville um when i did this but uh but yeah i mean i i didn't anticipate that i was going to have a run in you know with with him um so Let me bring up, I have, so we talked about profilers and no, no for that. And here is what I want, there we go. Um, So there were a few responses to my YouTube video and I want to talk about the types of responses I saw on social media. Because they really they fell into um, basically kind of thri- three categories of, of responses. Um, the the first uh, people that supported him or generally supported the notion of um, the government is corrupt. Something needs to be done about the government. And so there was a post a person who made a post on the Safety Doc um, YouTube site indicating, um, and, and I'm going to quote this out, uh, this guy is smart, is capital I-S. Um, I don't think he'll be apprehended anytime soon, if at all. The school mention is probably a diversion, I, I agree with that uh, and I had agreed with that from the start. Um, if he does start sniping at politicians, I hope he gets the right ones as in constitution shredding leftists and the ultra corrupt i think that some are in politics i think some people in politics are concerned not for the public but for themselves good they should be so uh very um very much from of course that post of of saying i think government is is corrupt and and i'm not necessarily um, you know, saying that this, what this guy is doing is wrong. So he had a number of people in, in that, in those camps as I would go through forums of people saying, but again, he's kind of, he kind of takes on this, this bane in, um, it, you know, in the Batman series, so takes on the bane image of, of, I am representing the people. Like I am, I am, you know, doing this because it, it's overdue. It needs to be done. And, and I'm doing this for all of us. Um, now, my response to that, and in, in just acknowledging acknowledging that, was um, I'm not for um, for violence. I'm not, I, I, and and immediately, you know, um, that's that's not that's yeah, to to think you know to to think a step beyond having typed that and, and think of um, you know somebody um, in political office, or it could be some just somebody. Uh, who then is is killed by Jacobowski and that they have a family, and I mean all of the, these things, and and you go back, and, and I had made a post about you know uh, Gabby Giffords when when she was was shot, and I. I you know this whole this whole thought that you have somebody out there who can identify here's the good politicians here's the bad and I'm going to be the enforcer of justice which will be life or death well that is that is very uh, very much of a, of a um, unstable uh, approach and completely um, destabilizes you know a, a appropriate judicial um, law enforcement approach to resolving matters like this so um, so, yeah, people put statements like, like this out there. Um, another one, so this is where I say it's information seeking. So the first one is people who support him. And this was split into about thirds, um, which was surprising. And the people that would support him, again, it was more of saying that, you know, they were they were against the government. They thought that there was government corruption going on. And if anything, this was bringing a light to some government corruption I don't know, um, but so information seekers. First one, supporters. Second group would be information seekers. A number of people who just posted, and and here's a post that was made to my uh, to my YouTube video. Quote: This is another a different person. I have yet to read the manifesto. In parentheses, I'm not even sure if it's entirely available online. But doesn't he state he is against officials and working on behalf of citizens? I say this because I wonder why everyone's so concerned with schools. Did he mention targeting one in the, quote, unquote, manifesto then? So this person is information seeking. And that was uh, very prevalent at the start of the investigation when people wanted to know, you know, like, well, where w- w- again? What does he? What does he look like? What did he exactly write? Where did he mention um, places? You know, they, they What what are some of the places that might have been searched? So it still looks like there's a heavy presence in Janesville, but yet we have FBI profilers saying he's out east. So w- what's what's happening here? Um, is it all right to go to like state parks and things like that? So, um, you had people seeking information. About what was happening, one of the things that was missing in this, which I, I've found kind of shocking, was the type of reporting. Um, there was not an in-depth "Here is Joseph Jakubowski story" until much later into the manhunt. You know, there wasn't um, people interviewing neighbors, people you know indicating here's where we went to school. I mean, that did come out. But like immediately, uh, that that wouldn't have come out um, of of trying to give more of a uh, context for who this person is versus just updates on, you know, here's the the different law enforcement agencies involved. Here's some of the things that they're doing, um, and and that was really patchwork how that was was kind of coming out. Um, there, you know. There were a number of times, uh, you know, people would say his house is being searched or his last known address, and you know, and I think that did happen a number of times. But it was just people either returning to that site or, to, you know, to investigate um, things like law enforcement. And then people would, would post that up saying something seems to be going on. Um, so, and yeah, I I, th- I thought that was very strange. It wasn't that in depth. It was it was more of of uh, very selective information that was, that was being given out. Um, and I don't know why, I don't know why if that's, if that was being intentionally held back, if that has to do with, you know, when now because of an alleged crime, although, um, you know, the manifesto and the fact that he was visually shown in the, you know, delivering the manifesto and his name was, was on it, you know, with Donald Trump, um, and a visual um, by his friend doing the video, and that was uploaded. I mean, I, I think that's confirmation. I don't know if, how much more alleged you have to, to go um, into, you know, definitely the person breaking into the Armageddon gun store. Um, that would have to, to be alleged that, you know, it could have been him, but as far as like the manifesto, and I just, I, I was surprised at the 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 type of journalism um, it was you know here's this, here's what we have the late breaking or, or there's like a tactical vehicle that, you know in this area or whatever but it wasn't like really telling us who this guy was. I pointed out something early on after listening to him um, in his manifestos yet yeah, dysearthic has dysarthric speech or slurred speech which also um, you know could have could have indicated that, you know, judgment could have been impaired by some type of accident that he was in, or some type of stroke, some type of traumatic brain injury, something like that. Maybe not, but I mean, but also it was an indicator that if you're communicating with him, um, you're he is he's going to have a quality of of what would be, for layman's terms, slurred speech. Um, now or you know, I have a degree also in speech language pathology a master's degree, so to me it was dysarthric, which is, you know, means largely the same thing, but it would come off as like a slurred speech or someone that had been, you know, over a high dosage of medications or someone that had been drinking or something like that. But that was kind of his typical speech. And I thought that would have been very telling too to have that out there, because I'm not sure the farmer knew that when the farmer had this discussion with him if also he's having this discussion and, and this man is presenting with some type of dysarthric speech, then that is yet another characteristic which which would help that farmer just to think, oh my goodness, I could be talking, you know, with, with the person in the manhunt. So I just I never saw it. Outside of me posting it, I never saw it anywhere. So um, so A was the supporters um, for him. B was the information seekers, and C the supporters for law enforcement, um, and and the the people you know supporting wanting to bring um, a, a a baseline you know level back to the community, and, and, and not this this hyper hyper state for the community. So that was those those were the three, um, but very very interesting because um, you know. To, to All of those three camps, there were very articulate posts in different types of social media. Um, so very, very... You wouldn't think that people would come out in support of him. I guess you wouldn't think that, but that, that happens. And, and I've seen that. I actually have a book um, that I'll be, be writing, in it, and it is about um, people um, who have... Complained about excessive uh, school violence drills, like uh, you know, teachers or parents or that. And then what happens is um, the community actually has turned on these people, and to the fact where some of these people have moved like away. Now that's that's a different, but just how the sentiment of social media and just the the sentiment of the public can fall into some different areas. But you definitely have these supporters of him. Um, and you had the, the information seekers, people just want to know what's going on, and then the people who wanted to make their support known of law enforcement, capture this guy, and then people, you know, he's a nut job, he's things like this. And like, well, Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, he, to, to make these threats is, is um, you know, way outside of the lines, um, and we don't know if there's anything underlying contributing to this also, like any type of medical condition, or anything like that because I said, with well, this Arthur speech, um, if, and I'm just stepping out there, but I mean, I, have worked with people who have had traumatic brain injury because of an accident or something like that. And, and, and judgment totally has gone, you know, after, after that, because of some frontal lobe damage or whatever. But again, I don't know. None of, I, I'm just speculating but I'm saying that there's something behind that disarthric speech, um, that I'd I'd like to know more about so I I, I'm going to start to kind of wrap this up and say um, I had a discussion with Dylan Allman very vibrant interview with with Dylan Allman who's a constitutionalist and a libertarian and we were talking about NSA and the Patriot Act and and, uh, Mr. Allman was very much saying his position was we shouldn't have the NSA we shouldn't have the Patriot Act we need to have smaller government our freedoms are being infringed upon Um, and my thought was you know, I'm not sure the NSA and the Patriot Act and all that are having the effects that, that we believe that they are having. Um, as far as in, in anything that we're, we're, we're allowing those organizations to do to help prevent terrorism, um, I don't think it is a super overreaching power that we that, that we credit it as being. Um, because, again, uh, Jacobowski a few days before... He goes in, and allegedly burglarizes, and then you know, mail, mails his manifest all of these things. He, d- he goes online on YouTube and makes this threat against the the government and kind of his you know his his profession of, of you know his beliefs and and you would think um, you know there would be a number of ways to indicate him and that he would have been on the radar of NSA uh, of. You know, through, through different government tracking after 31 run-ins with law enforcement and also, you know, the fact that he did try to, to take an officer's weapon and things like it shouldn't have been this hard to track him. Um, but again, does it also show us that once you remove yourself from the grid, once you remove yourself, um, from having your car with, with OnStar that can be pinged or your cell phone or something like that, um, I was at Disney, you know, a few weeks ago, and we had our Disney bands. And now when you walk in somewhere, it automatically identifies who you were, who you are. And and we came off of a ride, and, and like, your name would come up on a screen like, thank you, David Proden, for, you know, being on this ride. And and, um, so we can see how all of that can happen. And the other side is if you do go off the grid, does it become relatively easy to to be – become erased, become invisible for at least some amount of time. Again, had Jakubowski not been kind of as careless, I think, as as what he was, I'm not sure when this would have would have wrapped up. Um, so, in you know, kind of in conclusion here, he was true to the loner characteristic of someone writing a manifesto. He was alone through this. It, at least when they found him, it seemed like he was alone through this this process. although I'm not sure how these letters got out to WTMJ, um, but but a loner. Um, the longer this went on, kind of the shakier his plans got because he wasn't thinking for this to last as long as it did, and he wasn't planning for two, three, four, five weeks out. I think he was thinking he was going to deliver this manifesto, and he was going to he was. Hyped up, he was going to carry. He burned his vehicle. He was going to carry out his actions, and uh, in fast order. And that didn't happen. And then the longer that goes on, um, you know, then his his plan starts to dissolve. So, um, again, he's seeking affirmation. And I'm thinking about you know these manifestos. If all of these manifestos are handwritten, boy, would that have taken a lot of time. You know, you have a risk if you're copying these, and, and I don't know again if he had the if a, if he scanned these pages in. But I'm thinking of you know, it's like a 12th century monk having to to rewrite before the printing press, uh, which I also think would show if these come out as all being handwritten manifestos. These 161 page manifestos um, that that would further ingrain just his complete delusional perspective with society and and where his beliefs were. If he's rewriting that and rewriting that and rewriting that and rewriting that and convincing himself. So, and finally, you know, the big thing of being affirmed of, of seeking affirmation through a manifesto, which he, which he received. And maybe it was that affirmation, which just brought him to the point of, you know, when he, you know, was camping, um, that he he lost, um, you know, some of some of, of that catalyst to to go out and to do these these acts because I know you know he put his manifesto out there it it was being recognized he was getting recognition, um, so I I'm thankful as as everybody is that this this didn't continue, and I'm I'm also surprised um, that he. Um, I, I I said a week ago, I said I, I doubt he would be taken alive, either that he, it would be uh, completed suicide or that he would be killed by police. And the fact that this resolved without a shot um, really, to me, again, points to the fact of it was this, this, this manifesto mentality of needing to be affirmed um, for him because he had soft targets available and if that was his intent. Those were available. Then they became hardened targets. And then uh, again, if he wanted to have a standoff with, with police, he could have easily brought that on himself um, and, and, and chose not to do that. So um, what it does is I, I, think the points that come out of this is if we have anyone that we know, and I, I talked to someone, a friend about this and I said, you know, he, he, if you have anyone that that you know who is making statements you know anti-government or these these i mean there's one thing of freedom of of speech if you're helping your friend mail a 161 page manifesto and i'm assuming he's probably telling you what it's all about and and he's also saying things you know that are very much incendiary like while he's doing this you know that that guy's not stable (laughs) and you know, the, you need to to report him and, and get him into um, some secured uh, you know with the security of police or in, into the mental health you know system through the police doing a intake with him or whatever. But so yeah, that that person definitely would have been um, I, I think very culpable had anything happened for the fact you know that they're with him and he's making these you know these statements which are you know, it's very, very threatening, you know, to the, to the camera. So, um, I'm going to be doing a show next week, um, about a intruder film that I worked on last summer with Pulitzer Prize winning, uh, author, producer, David Hope. So I'll be talking about that. But for now, I want to thank you for your following of the safety doc you can follow at safetyphd. Thank you very much and I'm glad um, the manhunt is over.